0: Welcome to the Nerdaplexi Comic Movie Review Show! In this series, we normally break down and analyze every comic movie released between 1989's Batman all the way to 2008's Iron Man, but this is the final episode of our first annual long-repeating segment whose name will never be changed, our Spooky or Spooky Spectacular! Ow! Joining me on this frightening jaunt, I don't know. Fuck it. uh, Is my longtime uh, Sam and frequent Sam? It's Sam. Evil dies tonight, and oh, and joining us for this special spooky episode is uh, our friend, the face of Dave. It's Dave. Too young to give a shit, and too drunk to remember. So sit back, relax, and grab your old huckleberry. <laughs> as we dive into Halloween kills on Halloween, at the end of Halloween, it's 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 Halloween. Okay, so this one just came out. This is this is hot off the presses, released uh, October sixteenth. 2021 October 15th 2021 okay Dave one for you I guess what fucking Thursday was not Friday it was a Friday Saturday was the 16th okay fucking cool released October fucking number 15 released October 15th 2021 directed by David Gordon Green starring Jamie Lee Curtis Judy Greer and Andy Matichak One of the writers is Danny McBride. Yes. Of Pineapple Express and Eastbound and Down fame. That's not the only trick Kenny Powers has up his sleeve this eve. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's dabbled in that horror. Fuck life. He's got a bunch of producing credits, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's on a lot of good stuff. I think he did, uh, not Prometheus. Covenant? Covenant. Yeah, yeah, his Covenant. He's in the, the group of explorers that land on the planet that they got eaten by the thing. But anyhow, he's not in this movie. He is of this movie. He wrote this one. He's of this movie. So this is the sequel, the second of a planned trilogy by David Gordon Green. The first one troublingly named Halloween. So in his timeline, it goes Halloween, Halloween, Halloween kills. And then to come Halloween end. Spoiler alert, evil doesn't die tonight, but it does kill a lot of people. Evil has a bad night, maybe. I don't know. This is a brandy new movie, and we will be going through some, if not all, of the plot points. Keep that in mind if you haven't seen it, check it out on Peacock or your favorite torrenting site, and then come back what <laughs> movie your theater favorite movie theater, <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> You're not wrong. This one is not hurting for box office. It's got a 500 mil for, or 50 mil, excuse me, for the opening weekend there. And Hollywood reporters cannot stop with the puns on this one. It's, I mean, I guess they say they write themselves, but they go nuts for these. Halloween kills, kills at the box office. Slashes the box office record. They're all on display and you've probably read them. And at this point, you're back and you have seen that dig dang thing. I did watch this on Peacock. I was going to go to the movie theater, but I don't want to go to two movies this week. And I do want to get a chance to see Last Duel before that baby is gone. Baby gone. That movie does look good. That did not have a great opening. All of nine and a half people saw that one. So I want to, I want to pump them up. <laughs> watch two hours of Matt Damon and Adam Driver whooping each other up in the mud with swords. So... So this is the follow-up. If you didn't see the first one, I'll sum it up for you. Basically, Laurie Strode, she's like a prepper now, and she's obsessed about trapping Michael Myers in her house, and then that does kind of happen, but not for exactly the reason she believes. Then she traps Michael Myers in her house and lights it on fire. That's pretty much it. Where he dies, and this movie never starts. That's it. That's the movie. I do like exactly how this one picked up right where the last one left off. And if you saw the trailer, like that's the scene they drive past and the fire truck goes to the house. She says, no, let it burn. They don't. <laughs> nope, they goofed. They don't let it burn. But if you had seen the first, the well, Halloween 2018, I may refer to it as the first one a bunch of times, even though the first one is the first one in the 70s. Of this trilogy. So, yeah, I think the first one's appropriate. If you watched Halloween 2018 and you saw that, house go on fire. Uh huh. I don't think there's a firefighter in the world that would go into that house. The house was one hundred percent ablaze. It was all flames. Because Jamie Lee Curtis had set all kind of points of like gas mm-hmm. expulsion to like absolutely make that thing go up. And it super does. I think that any self respecting fire department would definitely wait until the fire was down and then they might have looked to see if they could find a body, but no. Yeah, they're not trying to rescue anybody from that. No. Any non-supernatural William Shatner-faced individual would certainly be dead. Not only is he supernatural, his everything, his coveralls are supernatural. His mask is supernatural. It doesn't melt. It doesn't burn. It does look pretty gnarly. There's something to the mask being supernatural because in 2018, it starts with a couple podcasters going to see Michael, and they like hold the mask out behind him as he's out in like the yard, Mm. and they're like, we know you can feel it, and you can sort of tell that he can feel the presence of the mask i call that as ai tracking a lot of people have been talking about is michael myers supernatural is there a supernatural element to this story it's definitely answered this time i think yeah no kidding I don't know if it's all that cut and dry, but I think at the same time, it doesn't matter even a little bit. I think that has no bearing on plot or enjoyment, for me at least. No, definitely not. And uh, they say a bunch in the movies that he's the boogeyman, and they call him the shape. He's not even that he's a human, that he's this Michael Myers. He's just this embodiment of fear Mm -hmm. that comes over this town every... Yeah, they gave him nicknames more than they actually called him Michael Myers this time. The shape is what he was referred to as in the original screenplay. And like Sam said, the embodiment of menace. Did you watch the movies that made us episode for Halloween? Oh, the movies that made us? No, I watched the toys. I haven't gotten to movies, I don't think. Yeah, on Netflix. Is that like the second season or is it its own show? It's its own show. And I think there's two seasons of it. I've only watched the toys. I just happened to see like two days ago that Halloween popped up there and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll check that out. Yeah, I will check that out because I do like all of the history involved in that first movie because it is such a primordial slasher. It's not the first, but it's the first one that works on every level. The cool thing about that original one in the 70s, and they mentioned it in the movies that made us, is that it's essentially bloodless, no gore. It's a lot of theater of the mind Whatever you can imagine is worse than what they can show you. Mm -hmm. That is not true for this movie. No, baby. I was going to say that is not the case for this one (laughs) at all. They make sure to show you everything. This trilogy is much more visceral and they get straight to it with some amazing kills. So the firefighter fight happens a little bit later. Before that, we got to take care of a little bit of plot business. Because there's a little flashback. We see Allison's boyfriend in, like I said, in direct kind of direct continuation from Halloween 2018. He finds Hawkins, the cop. He's calling Oscar, who we see hanging from his jaw on a spiked fence. Yes, he's calling his dead friend and finds what I thought was a dead cop, but he's still alive. He got neck stabbed, but that's all right. They got him up and running by the end of this (laughs) flick. And we do a flashback. So there's a couple of flashbacks. We go back to 78 a lot. And I was wondering how you kind of stretch this movie. And that's exactly it. So we're going to do a lot of retconning. we melding in different things that were retconned away and doing all kind of character stuff. We see Lonnie. I don't know his last name, but a young Lonnie getting bullied. Elam. Yes, Elam, Lonnie Elam, which is this other kid's dad. And they're getting bullied by the Halloween Universe version of the McPoyles. Yeah, and if you remember in the original movie, Lonnie is the bully of Tommy Doyle. Yeah. But in this one, we see him getting bullied. It all rolls downhill. So they bully him. He runs away. He sees a Michael Myers. The real question I want to ask about this sequence is, what was young Lonnie trick-or-treating as? Because my dude was just in a jacket. No, he's just beating little kids up. Yeah, I think he was going after littler kids and taking their candy. So wait, no, that was Tommy who was getting bullied. No, we saw Lonnie getting bullied. Tommy gets bullied in the original by Lonnie. I think Lonnie was a bully, and that was like different levels of bully. Okay, well, there's a whole group of kids, and they bully a kid who then sees Michael Myers. That was Lonnie, yes? Right. Yes. Yes. But those other bullies were like... Don't touch their candy. It's our. This is our turf, kind of a thing. I well, thought. yeah, they do. They'd sing a little song. They'd do a little chant, and then smack them in the mouth. Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie something, something. It's a whole. It's a whole ass thing. We'll put the song ass. here. I don't know. I might not do a lot of clips on this episode because I don't want to get taken down. It's gonna get you. We'll see. We'll find out where where it's most effective, and I'll add maybe one clip. I believe we're covered by two things because we're doing a review, and also the fact that like mm-hmm. we listen to us. It's like 19 of us. I think we'll be okay. Um, But, yeah, I do agree. I think it's probably good because the algorithm probably tracks that shit anyhow. Mm -hmm. But I think if we don't do, too like, music, I think it should be fine. Okay. So, 1978. The cops stop at the Myers house. They see the dead dog, and it's a young Hawkins and his buddy. And (laughs) the... Young Hawkins here, when they go in the house, he does like a solid two minutes of physical comedy where he's like, whoa, spider webs. Yeah. There's like this whole little exchange. At this point, my wife says, what are you writing? Are you writing, I'm scared? So I did. On my notes, I wrote, I'm scared. His buddy said he knew Michael whenever they were younger. His sister used to babysit Michael Myers. So his mom made him spend time with him because he was a little bit Mm -hmm. off. Yeah, and all he would do is stand in his room and look out the window, or his sister's room and look out the window. My favorite part about whenever they're casing out at Myers house is there's a dead dog in there, mm-hmm. and and Hawkins goes, there's, there's a dead, dead dog, dog in here. And his buddy goes, what? what? And he says, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what, not yeah, <laughs> nothing at all. He's like, if you didn't hear me, I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> if you weren't listening, I'm definitely not going to tell you. This movie is chock full of Halloween Easter eggs and references and callbacks. There's a moment where Loomis and the, the detective find a partially eaten dead dog in the old miner's house. Oh, yeah. you love to see Loomis, Donald Pleasance, back at it. That was great posthumously. Guys, guess what? I found out that wasn't CGI. What? That's just actual film. That's just a guy who looks so much like Donald Pleasance. That they didn't have to hardly do a thing. That can't be. That's not CGI. That's just a man. They dubbed over his voice. Holy. It's not CGI at all? With someone who does a Pleasance voice. That's incredible. That's simply out of this world. They should have made a direct sequel set in 1979. Do the whole thing with your Loomis magic. Why not? You have Loomis. His line was good right after Hawkins popped his partner in the throat because he got caught by Michael. I mean, he did the right thing. He should have probably shot sooner Maybe closer to the shoulder. That cop was dead anyhow. I mean, he was in the grasp. He was done one way or the other. There are very few people that get in the clutches of Michael and still remain alive. And I think maybe even just one. The problem is here, he does shoot his buddy in the neck, which if he would have then managed to shoot Michael Myers even one time, would have been forgivable. So I think after you make that bad shot, you better just triple down and just <laughs> unload. Yeah, you got to keep firing. Unload that six shooter. Because who cares? I killed this guy's dead. Yeah. I mean, he had five more rounds. Also, that guy has shite aim. Hawkins is a bad aim. Very bad aim. I don't think he hits anything. I think Michael's calmness makes him hard to aim at because he's not exactly bulletproof, but we find he is quite bullet averse. (laughs) So Michael goes outside and he gets caught by the cops. Loomis busts in the house. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. Hawkins is at the top of the steps and Loomis <laughs> says, did Michael kill again? It was over the top. <laughs> big fan, big fan. We cut title sequence and there are 12 burning pumpkins to signify the 12 entries in the Halloween franchise. I thought that flashback was entirely too long. I could have watched a whole movie of it. I would have watched a whole movie of it, but I knew I wasn't. And i wanted to get to the movie i kind of like that they're redesigning it because the whole movie is about that night and how it affected different members of that community i thought that scene was okay of them recounting the scene that i thought was totally egregious happens a little bit later at the bar where <laughs> your mm. boy goes up on stage at the talent show tells the story of halloween while there are survivors Of the 78 Halloween there. And pointing them out. How crass. Well, shines a spotlight on them. Literally. There is a spotlight and shines it on their faces one at a time. In his defense, I think that they went out there specifically for that type of a celebration. I guess they did. They were there to watch him give his Mm -hmm. little soliloquy. And there are a billion soliloquies in this movie. Everyone just talking to talk. Most of the evil dies tonight or... This ends tonight. People say that a billion times in this movie. It's way too much. We get introduced to a lot of the cast of characters. After they retell 1978, they retell 2018. So you don't even have to watch any of the movies. You could just start with this one. You should watch 2018. They tell you exactly what happened. Not really. I don't think that's true at all. There's a lot of stuff that goes down in Halloween 2018. Reed had a cast thing you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Did you know that that was... Anthony Michael Hall? Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall of the Dead Zone fame. (laughs) We went from Dime Store Anthony Michael Hall and Night of the Creeps to Anthony Michael Hall and Halloween Kills to real Anthony Michael Hall. He looks buck wild. He sure does. Quite a transformation this man's had. And he gives a lot of passionate speeches. You are absolutely correct. Nonstop, dude. Boy, oh boy. We get introduced to a couple of the folks that are going to get killed here. But it's literally in the middle of a talent show. I don't know why they thought this would be a good idea. Literally, there was just people singing and a ventriloquist act. And then my dude gets up and tells the story of when some guy came through the town 40 years ago and murdered everybody. It doesn't fit with talent. (laughs) It's not a good story because, like Sam said, it's not a story per se. It's just like a halfway inspirational speech. I don't know what it is. It was for nobody. It's a weird retelling of the news. A long time it goes on for. I was kind of crawling out of my skin. We're back to the fire. Now the movie really starts. Now the movie starts. Now we're at Let It Burn. Yes, the fireman's going underneath the, uh, if you didn't watch 2018, there's a really cool kitchen island. Oh, yeah. Thing that she has going on that like slides away Mm -hmm. to show the basement. And there's these steps of the basement and there's this gate, like a portcullis. Blade traps? That like snaps shut. So that's how they trap. Michael in the first one, but there's a firefighter. He gets down to the basement by accident, I think. He falls through the floor. There's structural damage. Yeah, he falls through the floor, and he sees Michael, and he's like, oh, there's there's someone alive in here, basically. Man alive. There are men alive in here. And then he gets his face pickaxed. That thing is called a Halligan bar. Just pulverized. They show kind of how he survived the fire, because there was, like, a guns and weapons section, and after the cop fell through the thing... Michael like pulled up the metal grate and everything back there mm-hmm. was fine, which is kind of a like a flaw to build into your death trap. It was also part panic room. <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, he that kindly firefighter lends him a hand. That's how he gets out. And then he rips that arm off and then mm-hmm. he piles up the bodies like he wants to do. Makes a little ladder out of them and climbs out. That's really, really bad for him. I love the part when he walks outside and this like weak hose is spraying at Michael Myers. <laughs> it was so mad. Like, what are you doing? Oh my God. The hose. We get a quick firefighter fight, which is a lot of fun. and It's not something I think I've ever seen before, but the guy with like the sawzall Like the big cement cutter, he like, he cranks it up. When this dude just comes out of the house, the weak pissed hose really fucking killed me. I was so mad at it. (laughs) (laughs) It just splashed him. If anything, he was just sitting in fire for so long, it just felt nice. The Sawzall guy got (laughs) sawed. This movie has a pretty high kill count. I feel like it has to be higher because... When they show those firefighters, I feel like there's at least twenty guys there. But on-screen kills is uh twenty-eight, so that is pretty high. There are a lot of kills, and they come fast and furious. That's the uh that's the parody of Fast and Furious. (laughs) Just come fast and furious. What's the porn parody for Halloween kills? This is the longest we've gone. Halloweener, probably. Halloweener thrills. Halloweener thrills. There you go. And the main character is Laurie (laughs) Chode. I thought it would be your cop dude who says, throw me. Have you looked into slasher movie porn parodies? I mean, they're they're halfway porns, a lot of them, anyhow. Yeah, I would bet that's that's, that's a, a very short jaunt to actual porn. <laughs> yeah, that's just one more scene. That's like one deleted scene away, especially those 2000 ones. Okay, so the firefighters all get fucking got... Lori, they make it to the hospital. She's out of surgery. They do a little ADR thing, and the surgeon says, oh, it missed all of her vital organs. She's going to be fine. They make you watch the surgery, too, which is extremely gristled. Oh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, so they, they do that. They show all of, the, all of the gals recovering in the hospital. Allison, Karen, and Lori. That's the Strode gals, as it were. Then my favorite and least favorite part of the movie happens we get to see old Grandma Drone Flipper. Oh, yeah, and Lenny Clark. Yeah. They're not long for the world. They use their screen time brilliantly. They were the best two characters, I think, in the whole movie. Yeah. This is the best interaction. It was funny and heartwarming and then very spooky, and then they die. The fluorescent light bulb to the neck, I think, maybe. I, I don't know. There's lots of kills left to come, but I think that that might be my, uh, my most effective one for me. My favorite kill comes a little later. Yeah, and then that guy gets stabbed a fucking ton afterwards. He becomes a knife holder. So, there's a very good, very good part where the guy says, There's a big fella in our bathroom, and he's wearing a monster mask. And it's like a really good read. If I bring any clip, it's going to be that one. It's very good. It's, yet again, I think this is like one of my favorite parts. Oh, what the fuck does he want? He's like, Who gives a shit? Call the cops. And now it gets to Jeff Dunham's dad doing his act at the bar. Because we're back at the bar. Yes, and then we got the bartender talking about his huckleberry bats. We see there's a doctor and nurse combo, a husband and wife. We saw them a little bit in 2018. Yeah, for like 10 seconds. Where the husband forgot his stethoscope, and now he forgets it again, as well as they're leaving the bar once they find out Michael's on the loose. And then she goes into the car, and someone's in the back seat. We are to assume it's Michael Myers, but... It's not. It's a different guy who escaped from that same bus. It's a different crazy. And then she goes, he's in there. Go check it out. And then the smartest thing he goes, hell no. It's just like, Why would you go by yourself? Yeah, but then the worst thing is Anthony Michael Hall starts barreling down directly at the car. Flexing at it and stuff. Insane. It's amazing he didn't get run over right then. Would have been way too easy. <laughs> he takes all Huckleberry to the car itself. Yeah, so there's a lot of red herring stuff with this guy. It's like happening on two different parts of town with like the mob and this mental patient and then Michael Myers on the other side. We get a nice little scene. There's a show-stopping dance number where you got Big John dancing to some spooky music. The goblins will get you if you don't watch out. They take you and shake you until you shout. Stop. Look and listen, it's This is when we get introduced to Big and Little John. <laughs> the only thing sadder than alone karaoke is public karaoke, I think, though. So I think it was a little better. It was amazing. It was a very good dance number. Good song. It was a good number. Good vibes. The house decorated. Mwah. The set dressing is amazing. I love that. I love that weird greenhouse. Let me add it. So that was their way of introducing there's people actually living in the Michael Myers house now. So that's the significance of Big and Little John if they live in Michael Myers' old house. And then the shitty kids do a prank with a rusty razor blade, and then they retell the first movie again. Yeah, they're communicating that they're living in the Myers' house. So you've got to get that out there somehow. It's not like it's something you just kind of recognize. Yeah, they weren't in the first one. The Myers' house wasn't in the first one at all. They don't go into it. So you got to set it up a little bit. And those kids are extremely shitty, which is played up later because (laughs) Michael Myers do get to kill one of them. It pays off even later, but those three are dressed as the three masks from Halloween Season of the Witch. Ah uh, yes, what are they? Right, there's something. There's like a name. that's something. Leprechauns or some shit. The shamrocks, silver shamrocks, maybe. The skeleton, the witch, and the wardrobe. <laughs> Eight, Halloween. 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 Eight, Halloween. Silver, Eight, Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Eight, Halloween, silver Yes, kids, you too can own one of the big Halloween. Three, that's right, three horrific masks to choose from. They're fun, they're frightening, and they glow in the dark. Now it's in my head forever. So those kids were begging to be killed. (laughs) They had it coming. That little exchange was a little off. The kids' energy and their response was a little wild. What would have happened in real life is they would have said, There was a razor blade in your candy. And I would have said, No, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Call the cops, call an ambulance, but I ain't helping you, weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I'll call an ambulance. You stay there. Unless they know they gave razor blades out that year and they were just waiting for the one lucky customer. Well, I think they really wanted to show that these guys are easily got, especially little John, because he gets duped by children. So Stuart from Mad TV, <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to look what he can do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was I was excited to see him cuz it took me a while. Yeah, me too. The last thing I saw him in was scrubs. Yeah, it took me so long until like right about before he's about to get killed and I was like, "Oh shit, it's Stewart. There he is. Stewart. Back at the apparently open windows morgue. We catch up. <laughs> it's like a delivery ward, you know, you want to see the babies as they come in, but you also want to see the, everybody as they go out. Just (laughs) butt-ass, naked, dead bodies. You can just go there. You can just see them. It's a very poetic hospital. Zen hospital. We're all the same. Coming in or going out. We're all just having a shared experience. (laughs) (laughs) You can cue the music over that. (laughs) I I would have no idea what music. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) A Jaunty Circus tune, perhaps. So there's a bunch of dead guys... Allison's down there hanging out, looking at her dead, naked dad. I guess I don't know what. I think he has a blanket over him, but still. When she gets the news that Michael Myers is not in fact dead, and he he's here, he goes killing again. Whoops! Here I go killing again. They've decided to split up and hit the town and try to catch Michael all their own. Mom, Karen wants uh, everyone to stay together. And the kids are like, no, fuck that. We're going on the hunt, baby. They join up with Tommy and Lonnie, and they're out to hunt this bad boy. Lonnie's got straps, though. I don't know why he's got so many guns. He's loaded. He's got sh- He's got guns for everybody. Everybody, come grab a gun. And, and no permits. Yeah, Tommy's like, are these registered? And he's like, <laughs> some of them. Um, yeah. But it doesn't take long. They see a group of the kids. So we have the doctors and the nurse. Husband and wife combo. And Marianne, who was one of the original victims, she was in like almost as many of the movies as Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, there's lots of uh, returning cast members. The notable person who isn't returning is Anthony Michael Hall's character, which would have been played by Paul Rudd. And the director had said it would have been probably too jarring to have Paul Rudd in this movie. The energy might not have been right. Also, Paul Rudd's Halloween might have been the worst one. Yeah, well, that's what they say. But still, he would have done it, except that he was filming the new Ghostbusters at the same time. Well, there is that as well. So, (laughs) the gang, it doesn't take them long to find Michael. There's, like, kids playing shit. And I gotta pull up the IMDb real quick, because a couple of people are gonna get killed, and I do wanna get them right. These shitty kids, with the ridiculous attitude, are playing on swings? Like, younger kids? Oh, Dave! Whoa, you're throwing some heat here. Anybody can play on swings. Swings are fine um, for everybody. Yeah. But they're saying we're not babies, but they're, they're playing on swings. These, these shitty kids don't get it. They deserve it. When I go to the park with my kids, I play on the swing. You, you gotta take a couple of swings every time I see some. If you're taking your kids to the park, that's different. No one's giving you any underdogs anymore, but you're still allowed to use the swing, Dave. Honestly, if there's no kids around, I'll go take a couple, do a little jumpy. You know, I just I don't want to be hogging them as an adult. That's weird. But Dave taking a hard anti-swing stance. I'm taking a hard. These kids wouldn't have been playing on swings. And we live in a swing state. <laughs> we do live in a swing state. You should be more on board. <laughs> uh, and I, I got I don't know, Dave. This is this is this is a weird. <laughs> I hate these kids. They just don't feel right at all in this movie. I do hate them. But I will say the energy they're putting off is real shitty teen energy. The shitty kids in the cloth. And that's I feel that's what you would do. Yeah. I have been that shitty kid. So I mean they suck. But that's what they're supposed to do. I don't know. They just didn't they felt like they didn't fit in the movie. Well, lucky for you, Dave, one of those kids gets their head chopped off. Dave's thing. Alright. <laughs> this evil dies tonight mob folks, they pull up to the park, tell the kids that they should get off the swing, go home. There's a <laughs> murderer on the loose. Like, what the hell? I shouldn't have to tell you this. And here comes my favorite kill. Michael creeps up on their car, and he he jumps on top. But instead of, like, himself, showing himself to them, he mm. rolls the kid's head down to the windshield, and, and they Marianne shoot. shoots the head through the <laughs> windshield, and it just, like, goes flying. I don't know, the lo- <laughs> like, the logistics and the physics of projectile, but I don't think that would happen, but it was pretty great. I thought it was just the mask, personally. Well, she nails it. She blasts that thing. She's been practicing. Her time at the range, she like shoots his hand. She shoots all the windows. Was that the firefighter's arm that he swings down at there? Like he did in the second movie, he puts his hand on the glass. But I think it wasn't his hand this time. I think it was one of the arms you ripped off. They show him with a big old bandage on his hand a little bit later. Here's the other Easter egg. In the original, whenever Michael shatters the glass Mm -hmm. while they're in the car, you can see that there's a wrench like taped to his wrist. I just shattered the glass. Yeah. And it's got just got, like, flesh-colored bandage around it. And if you pause during this, whenever he smashes the window, it's the same thing. Oh, that's great. I'd love to see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of homages and sendbacks, but Michael has got some car tricks. My favorite kill is one of the car tricks. The doctor comes back, like, she's shooting at him, and he kicks the door, and it turns the gun around, and she blows her own head off. It is the best kill. So really, I think she kills herself. That's a suicide. <laughs> That might be a suicide. It's the best kill in all of the Halloween movies. It's an assisted suicide. My man Mike is really feeling himself in this movie because, well, I mean, not all the same night, but he has Hawkins kills his friend Mm -hmm. in the beginning. He makes Marianne shoot that. I think it's the kid's head. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. I'm sure you will. It's one of those people's heads that he killed. Then makes this girl shoot herself. I mean, he's all about making other people start their own. He made the firefighter chop himself with that uh, big chopper. I I don't know what this is called. It's the extreme version of why are you hitting yourself? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, he loves the terror. He loves people being afraid following the mythology of the movie. That's what gives him his power. The more people he kills, the more people who are afraid, the better he is. Before in the car there is the guy with the stethoscope. He tries to help Marion by strangling Michael Myers, but he's like, I mean you're you're doing it wrong. He do get a knife in his eyeball. Straight up there. Right in the ball. But Lindsay gets away. As her friends are fighting Michael Myers, she's putting bricks in a pillowcase. That bludgeon was cool. <laughs> Which is, I feel like smart thinking, it doesn't work, but I feel like as the gunshots are going off, you just see her like throwing more and more bricks in a pillowcase. Smart thinking, doesn't work, but she gets away by musting his mask up, and eventually she evades him and is able to hide. Till the rest of the members of the mobster squad, mob, they're like a mob, <laughs> like the monster squad, like that other movie. Yes, yeah, like the monster squad. That's why it's funny, It's a little joke. That's when we did. We It's did the last week, I believe. Yep. That was just this. Yep. So the mobster squad catches up with Lindsay. But we see that Allison has left a note for her mom inside of a get well card for her grandma. She also leaves a little present for Lori, too. Yeah, she wraps a knife up and leaves that with Lori. And the only thing I really have beef with here is that she refers to Jamie Lee Curtis as a grandmother. Technically, she doesn't know her. So, so I mean, she never had an affectionate term. Yeah, but she's still grandmother i don't know grandmother is grandmother coming i don't know man they're white people i don't know that's weird like... <laughs> who knows <laughs> that's true i'm white people <laughs> i never heard white people call, call their grandmother grandmother yeah but you're not from not from haddonfield, haddonfield. yeah you don't know their ways <laughs> anyways back to the park oh yeah they, they find all the dead bods and michael myers In a ludicrous display. Did you see that ludicrous display last night? I mean, this is his art. It's how he expresses himself. That's why the knife block man. He's a fan of the tableau. The same problem I had with Dr. Giggles, because he does the same thing, putting all the kills in that Mm -hmm. waiting room. When does he have the time? It would take so long. Yeah, this is all one night. And he doesn't move fast. Well, my thing is because Lindsay's hiding from him on the shore, and we watch him walk away. So she, like, hid on the bank while he, like, drug her friends all around and made, like, a little thing and put all the little masks on them and, like, put them on the merry-go-round and started the merry-go-round. It was absurd. Had to really give it a good push because you don't know when those other people are going to get there. It's still spinning. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he made it go pretty fast. Yeah. I bet that was fun if they were alive, though. Well, he's a six-year-old. You know, he's like an evil six-year-old in a big, scary, mind, body, brain. They do say that. True. So I'm sure he's like, had a had a nice little time there. <laughs> but um, back at the hospital, your boy Tommy Doyle is starting a riot. Laurie's laid out. They bring in Hawkins. Will Patton, really doing a lot of great hospital <laughs> bed acting from this guy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Laurie has like a bunch of nice words for him, and he turns his head and he says, You're so crazy. <laughs> yeah you so crazy what's a terrible line and then she's just like fuck you you so crazy (laughs) i bet danny mcbride wrote that yeah probably uh yeah this is where tommy starts trying out his new catchphrase evil dies tonight which is repeated very many times and we've mentioned many times on this podcast a great line we always love to hear and the uh The guy in the cowboy hat, is he the sheriff? Or what is he? Oh, yeah, that guy's great. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am the law. Which is pretty great. (laughs) He gets a lot of good lines in the first movie. He comes on in the scene and just says a bunch of wild stuff in that big old hat. I don't care what he says. I'm ready to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm on board. Sheriff Barker. Omar Dorsey. Oh, boy. Anything he's got to offer, I'm ready to take a look at. So Hawkins and Laurie are in their room, and they're hearing... Oh, there's rumblings throughout the hospital that Michael's there, mm-hmm. but it's really just not Michael. It's just that other dude who escaped in the doctor and nurse's car earlier from the bar. Yeah, the guy Tommy's been chasing is not even remotely Michael Myers. I don't know how they thought it was him. Dude's cowering. Michael Myers has not been known to cower. <laughs> Mike- Michael Myers is like six foot 11 and that dude is like five foot zip. Yeah. <laughs> This is the penguin from Batman Returns. It's exactly it. And they think it's Michael Myers. And he's holding an umbrella in the first movie. He looks just like the penguin. He's sliced up and he's screaming, help me. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like Michael always does. No one's heard Michael (laughs) Myers speak. (laughs) like since he was six dude hasn't said anything this guy i don't know but it's a bad luck to be in that lady's car so like that sucks but he literally from that point forward just like ah i'm confused i need someone to help me please short of just saying i'm criminally insane and i'm sorry for everything i did a little bit ago basically that's what his body language says but it doesn't go real well for him we get a little bit more stuff with the Johns, Big and Little. A little Chekhov's pitchfork. I do love that they, once they hear a noise in the house and they realize someone's in there, they start playing a game of... Uh, it's like Marco Polo, but it's Big John, Little John. Little John? Big John! Little John? Big John? Little John? Study's clear. Big John was ready to fucking rumble. He had like a cheese knife. I thought this scene yeah. really endearing, and honestly... I believe that someone does this, whoever was writing the movie, does this with their significant other when they're spooked in the house. We're doing a Marco Polo. I need to know yes. where you're at, and then you need to tell me if anything's going down. This is not something dissimilar to what I will do when I hear a spooky noise in the house. Alright. Do <laughs> <Yo>, a quick check <laughs> up and down, make sure all the rooms do a house clearing maneuver, stay on the phone, we're good to go. So the Johns, yeah, it doesn't go real great for them, but... This is where we get another little flashback showing that Hawkins actually stopped Loomis from putting a bullet in Michael Myers' brain all of those many years ago. Which probably wouldn't have worked. When we'd have found it out in 1978. <laughs> well, I think it would have, but I don't think fate would have allowed it to happen. Laurie is determined to get out of bed and kill this guy, and during her struggles, she re-injures herself, kneeing a guy in the nards and doing some judo. She rips her stitches and has to go back to bed. I was going to say this earlier. It said starring Jamie Lee Curtis, but starring is a really heavy word there because she's really hardly in this movie. She's mostly in the first one, and then this one is she's recuperating. She actually has no scenes with Michael in this one. I think that is deliberate because this is why she's not out there is because she physically can't. And she's the one who knows mm-hmm. the secret to... To ending Michael, hence Halloween ends, yeah. She has to close the narrative loop. That's the only way she can kill him. Right. She even mentions if she has to cut her own head off to kill him, you know, she'll do it. Absolutely. And I bet that's what will happen in the next movie. Yep. Then the red herring guy takes a little tumble, and this is, I don't know if, I won't say that this is the best kill, but it is certainly the most graphic, this guy. Oh, when he jumps off the side of the... Oh, yep. The mob is chasing this non-Michael guy. (laughs) And Karen tries to save him. Karen tries to save him, and then he... (laughs) As soon as they get into the hallway to uh, presumably murder him anyway, he jumps off of the ledge, and man, you're right. That is a scrambled egg. (laughs) I wrote real grim. The shot was bad, too, because you saw little hands in front of the camera. It's like a POV view. Anyway, I wrote from inmate to omelet I <laughs> in. <laughs> and then I called it a, a concrete cute yes concrete not. cute very good very good I, I was wondering I, I was trying to find my own in there see mm. where I could expect one but that was never <laughs> that would have never occurred to me in a million years that's why you're the best in the biz Honestly, though, that was probably better than what the crowd would have done to him if they caught him. True. And then there was that over-the-top line from the cop that says, Now he's turning us into monsters. Uh, We get back to Little John after, I don't, he doesn't know yet, but Big John's been hella stabbed and had his eye popped. Oh, that one hurts. It's uh, brutal. I thought they were going to make it out. But while he's looking around, he opens up a closet and there's a jack-o'-lantern like a real jack-o'-lantern in his closet. And I was wondering, mm-hmm. who keeps jack-o'-lanterns in their closet? It's, like, lit. Big John and Little John. Was it lit? It's lit. No, it was not lit. So. Because when, really? when Allison blasts it later with the fucking shotgun, it was lit. Okay, so then here's, my, here's the explanation, then, obviously. Michael's got all kind of time to do all this decorating. Yeah. He brought it in from outside and just set it in there, and, like, okay. that dude's going to get spooked when he opens this door. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's always setting up a red herring so we can sneak up behind you. They make you extra scared. It's like a little fear. Amuse bouche. Amuse bouche. Yes, it's a little frightening. Amuse bouche. I knew what you were, when you did this. I knew what you were doing. Just a morsel. <laughs> just get a spice just right for the real moment. When she shoots that jack lantern, not one little bit of damage to the closet. The jack lantern must have been made out of Kevlar. <laughs> it was crazy. And I'll give it up for Mike for the big John, little John. He does sweetly lay the popped eyed. Big John on the pincushion, Little John. There's a photo right above that of them in that same pose. Oh, I didn't see that. They figure out that Michael is going to head home. So they gather up the gang. It's Allison, it's Cameron, her boyfriend, and Lonnie. They head to Michael Myers' house. And for some reason, at this point, Lonnie's like, what am I doing? I'm bringing my kids to the lion's den over here. <laughs> and it <laughs> He decides to go in alone, turns around, gives a last second, I'm about to die, thumbs up, and heads into the house and immediately gets murked. Oh, for sure. Instantly shoved into the attic. I didn't write a lot about this exchange between now, Isaac Cameron and Allison in the house. They rush in. But Lonnie says, I'll see you at the finish line, buddy. That's the new I'll be right back. Well, they say I'll be right back in this movie. Yeah, that's true. They love the trope. Oh, yeah. They're stewing in it. They're living in the slasher space. They created half of them, so they should be allowed to. That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I mean, if anyone is going to be like, you know, reboot this format, Halloween's a pretty good version of that. Uh, But yeah, the pumpkin gets blasted. And then they do a split up. They've already done one split up. It went very bad. And then they decide, let's split up again. Then Michael puts on a little record. This is where you see them nicely posed. Of mm-hmm. Johns together which was nice but also like oh well he did do a murder of them yeah mm-hmm. he did dispose of their lives and your boy Cameron gets absolutely wrecked he gets overkill as Mr. T would say it was absolutely absoluticrous <laughs> Absolute- <laughs> <laughs> he smashed his head many times many times many ways but she's like no <laughs> she wasn't doing anything about it Well, she's broken her leg. He threw her down the steps and her leg was broken. Before that, she stabs him a bunch of times. She gets a couple of gut stabs in on this guy. She does miss with a shotgun pretty pretty wide left of Michael Myers. I'll remind you that Cameron did cheat on her in the first movie, kind of. Yeah, so he had to die. He just kissed some other girl to dance. That is true. His comeuppance. You know. (laughs) Don't kiss another girl to dance, kids. You'll get your head smashed (laughs) by a monster. And then neck twisted around. For no real reason, he was already dead. And then... Here's an interesting moment, and I'm guessing that this is going to play into the third and final installment of this trilogy. Allison stands at the bottom of the steps and is just like, let's go. Come and get it, motherfucker. She can't run anymore and she's sick of it, mm-hmm. and she's basically going to just go for it. And, I don't know, it seems like the way he reacts to her is almost a like kind of a grudging respect. I mean, he's still going to kill her, but the fact that she isn't mm-hmm. afraid causes him to hesitate yeah cuz he he feeds on that fear if you're not afraid of him essentially and uh, yeah until he walks by and finishes off cameron is she loses her resolve but in that moment she was like ready to throw down and he didn't react he couldn't like do anything and then cameron whimpered and he snaps his neck and then she lost it in that moment and he was able to overpower her but not to kill her because that pitchfork comes back, baby. Oh, yeah. Karen in her Christmas sweater. Kitty. Karen. Hair, hair up. kitty. Glasses on. No, glasses on, hair back up. Now let's just get that hair right back up. <laughs> Absolutely. So she does good work, but then fails to commit. This is her problem the whole movie, and it eventually costs her her life. Karen has the good idea, but does not follow through. Because at what point are you not then trying to chop this dude's head off? Like, honest to goodness. Never stop smashing his head. Why would you ever stop? He was down. You can't walk away from this dude. But she takes his mask and then the AI tracking brings him into just a world of rednecks (laughs) holding weapons. Those rednecks should have just kept going at his head. I don't think these guys are rednecks, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you say rednecks. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. This is small town America. This is. They just felt like it. I just Nerd assume... Bot. if you could, uh, I don't know, we're gonna... I just assume all militia members are rednecks, and these guys were a mob militia type. This is a very clear terrorist. It was a pretty diverse group of mob. Well, that's true. Here's a problem I have. Okay, so at this point, there is quite a scene of everybody just whooping on Mike Myers. Yeah, the gotcha moment. And they, they think they got him. He's on the ground. Karen comes over with the big yep. old knife, stabs him in the neck. But, right like, the shoulder but, like, why something? not the head? I And then why not cut off his head? I guess they just don't believe in the magic yet. But they will, because they walk away from the scene. There's a couple guys still there, just kind of reveling in it. And they walk back into the house. The old cop who was going to shoot him and didn't get the chance, then, he then walks up to slowly blast him Well, everyone's like, well, wow, super glad that's all over with. This guy's gonna come up and put the final bullet in his head, and it's not to be. As... Laurie talks about how basically Michael Myers is like the embodiment of fear. He is the boogeyman Uh itself and that you can't kill him unless you're doing a real good narrative device. He stands up and murders the entire mob. It was going very well for them until it did not. They win and then they lose. I'll admit they had him in the first half. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. It happens three times in short order or else I wouldn't have even really thought anything of it. But when Allison... Goes into the house. She marches up on Michael with her shotgun. And you don't need to get really close with guns. And yet they do. They all do. And then, like you said, the old cop who's going to shoot him, he gets really close with his gun. I know it's maybe for safety or whatever at that point. But then the other guy, whenever Michael is having his resurgence and whooping and murdering all of them, there's another guy with a gun who walks directly up to Michael. And then, like, what do you He has a gun. It's a ranged weapon. They're bagging on the system at this point. They're like, well, the system can't help us. The system isn't working. And yeah, it's true. But then it goes to show that these are a bunch of people who don't exactly know what they're doing, giving the tools and thinking they can do it. And it's like, well, yeah, you weren't able to. Because yeah, guns shoot. You don't want to be in arms range of a giant, very strong man. That's the exact worst place to be. I guess it's part of Michael Myers' whole thing The interesting relationship with guns in this is that people do miss him, and he doesn't do anything to try to change or stop that. For the most part, he just continues walking or doing the thing he was doing or just kind of sitting very still. Stick-to-itiveness. For whatever reason, for the most part, he does not get shot, not until the very end when the mom has him surrounded. Does anyone actually shoot him with a Mm -hmm. bullet at all? The only time he's ever killed anyone with a gun in the series, I believe is in Halloween 2, and he stabs a guy with a rifle. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So he does never use a gun with its intended purpose. He has options. He has them available many times in 2018 Mm. and in this version and never chooses to use them. By the end of 2018, Laurie Strode has cut his fingers off on his left hand. Oh, that's what the bandages are. And they're still cut off. So it's not like he regrows limbs is what I'm saying. Right. If you took off his head, it wasn't going to just pop back up, Men in Black style. I don't think that the Halloween series is ready to jump that particular shark (laughs) where the head pops out of where his last head Mm -hmm. was. So not quite to the Jason of it all now until he stands up that last time. And even with, I mean, he's been stabbed in the gut a couple of times. He's been shot a bunch. He's been beat. He's a very large man. I mean, Rasputin was very injured and that's a historical fact that he was shot multiple stabbed. So I don't think it's out of the pale that he would be able to perhaps get up and walk away from that. How much more time the rest of the movie, like the third movie takes place, maybe that'll stretch, you know, that credibility a little bit longer. But yeah, he's nothing but like a regular human man until that moment. And maybe still that is the case. The next movie is just Michael Myers, and he pleads out, and then just insurance adjuster talking to all the living people. <laughs> well, all three of these movies are, at, to this point, have only been. It's only one day. This is just the continuation, yeah. like that night of Halloween. So I'm guessing Halloween ends will be, will it be the Halloween ends? Nope. It's four years in the future. Four years in the future. Playoffs. Don't talk about it. playoffs. playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? (laughs) I just hope we can win a game. (laughs) I'm excited now. I think the only thing in the movie we didn't cover now is that after Michael Uh, has killed the whole mob, you think it's going to be Chekhov's Huckleberry that it's going to get to smash Michael. No, it is Chekhov's Huckleberry because Mike Myers gets the Huckleberry and smashes Anthony Michael Hall good Mm -hmm. over the head. Mm -hmm. He goes back to the house and relives that scene where he killed his sister originally. He sees Kitty standing by (laughs) the window. Karen. (laughs) Karen, yeah. She's changing her name from Kitty to Karen. There's your cake reference. She's trading her... MG for a white Chrysler LeBaron. White Chrysler LeBaron? Awesome. (laughs) She says earlier, I'm the innocent woman. I'm just like your sister. You know, come and kill me when he's getting her Mm -hmm. chaser. And then she does that that ding-dang thing and gets got really bad. This is a real lot of stabbing he does here. It was like she dared him to do it by saying that. Yeah, and he took the challenge, He and he he, he got her good. So now mm-hmm. the real showdown begins. Laurie versus Michael. Halloween ends is the next one. Halloween Kills has ended. That is it. What did you think about it out there? Let us know, nerdoplexy. Pod on Twitter at nerdoplexy at gmail.com. Hit us up, let us know what you think. Now is the penultimate segment where we answer the eternal question Who's your favorite? Who's your least best? <laughs> 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 who's the best and least best? Who's your hero? Who's your villain? I'll go first. My hero is String Theory. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah, because it allows all of these different Halloween timelines to exist concurrently. And see, there's there are other timelines that end with, um, I believe, Halloween Resurrection, Lori dies. After she killed, in H2O, she kills Michael, but then you find out, no, whoops, she killed some ambulance driver. And then the next one, she's like in a mental hospital because she can't, I mean, it's okay. But they're not great. But the fact that there is string theory, we don't have to reboot every series. We can just say, hell with those ones. The first one is the first one. This one's the second one now. I wish more series would do that. Own the fact that like, okay, the sequel sucked. Let's just can that. Forget that ever happened and start from scratch. The idea of like a corporate controlled canon, I think is ridiculous. It's insane. It doesn't need to be there. I agree with you. Let's just do a comic book style where it's okay. This is just a different version. Just get used to it. Here it is. If the first one's good, great. We can keep that. And then start from there. The idea is so cool to me and it's I'm sure hopefully somebody tells me other other movies that have done this before, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. This is the only one I can think of that was like, no, the second one was the last one that happened. The third one, the fourth one didn't. There are other weird ones that's like, uh, um, I can only think of Evil Dead. That would have done something like that where they had the first one that was like a really serious version of what the second one ended up being a more comical version. I mean, House and House 2 was kind of. Serious than comical version of it. But that's still a continuation of the story. That's true. They didn't say, like, forget house one. This is the house one now. House three said, forget houses one and two. I enjoyed the Evil Dead reboot where they just redid it and Ash was. and took the tree scene out. <sighs> we have to talk about the tree scene again. So that's another flag That's the only thing they did. That's the only thing different. <laughs> we all fucking know that part at Evil Dead. Face it is out of here. Fair enough. Fair enough. We've hurt people enough <laughs> mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the third or fourth time we've mentioned. We talked it. about Turtle Cloega at least ten times. The fans <laughs> love that. I've gotten compliments. <laughs> That's something they can't get anywhere else. I've been approached by listeners in, in the <laughs> wilds who have brought up those beautiful turtle cloacas. Anyway, so My Hero String Theory, I think it's really cool that, that they were able to go ahead and make that the sequel that they probably maybe wanted to make, but there was never a script there for it. Yeah, I love that. And you have the benefit that Jamie Lee Curtis is grandmotherly aged now. So you can sort of say here we took this giant leap between movies. I also like when movies do that, wait a really long time for the sequel. And then, you know, instead of recasting older versions of people, like, no, these people are actually much older now and they can, they can play their role as well as they ever did. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I think this is a, a fun continuation of that character for Jamie Lee Curtis. Why she uh, maybe signed on to this. Dave, who's your hero? My hero is Michael Myers. <laughs> okay. Because he teaches us that vigilante justice just doesn't work. Aha. Uh-huh. Resistance is futile. They get it wrong, and then they get it right, and they also get it wrong. So, yeah, I, I get that. But he kills a lot of first responders, and I don't think that's good. I think that's bad PR. <laughs> yeah, he, the reason there is a mob is because he does a many murders. But he teaches us about determination and having a goal and finding your way to that goal. We don't even know what his goal is, except that it is to kill people. And he does it well. Is his goal to get home and he's just killing because he's... Boy, he likes it. His goal was to love what he does, so he never works a day in his life. That would probably do it. I think, hmm, hero in this one, it's tough because a lot of the heroes in this one are villains. I think my hero in this one is that old guy from the beginning because he had all the exact right responses. He said, oh, shit, there's a big guy in our bathroom. Lenny Clark is the hero. He locked the door, locked the window, said, call the police. And he, he got killed anyway, so he, he did all the right things. I think his only thing that he did wrong was not appreciate his friend, partner, whoever, their sick drone skills. I was between String Theory and Big and Little John. Ah, I did mm. love those guys. What a dynamic. They were my favorite in the movie by far. I think that was a, a really fun set piece. I think they did a really good job of, in what, three scenes setting up their whole relationship and vibe. Those actors really did a great mm-hmm. job of um, making those characters come to life and then come and uh, and, be, and, and be dead. I don't want to say come in death. That seems like a Dave's thing. <laughs> That's necrophilia. He's not... A... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so, villains. Hmm, for me, villains, huh? I got to go with Tommy. He's doing the... the wrong thing for like the wrong reason because I can understand to be like he wants to like organize people to keep folks safe but they just want to do a smash them up which I think is kind of counterintuitive and and they kind of all get their comeuppance him most of all thinking he can do better and uh, Michael really just bodies him and his whole crew I don't think there's any arguing that he gets them all killed they could have all just been at home Or, like, locked themselves in the bar and waited for the fucking National Guard to come in. You know what I mean? Or if they were going to do it, they should have finished it. There you go. They they, they could have cut the dude's head off. If they were going to do it, do it all the way. Half measures was Tommy Doyle's problem. There you go. All right, Dave, who's your villain? My villain is exposition. We saw the past movies, so many of them. They didn't have to keep telling us about them, I don't think. If you saw so many of them, most of them don't exist anymore. They could have done a little flashback. It didn't need to be 10 minutes at the beginning of the movie was flashback, including the 2018. It's flashback, but it was scenes that weren't in the original movie. True, I I just... So you're trying to build this character that's a big nobody from the first movie and make him into a character that's worth... Why do we care about him? Oh, because he watched his friend die because he killed him. Fair. And a new timeline. The whole movie kind of bored me because of the amount of soliloquy and just grandstanding from everybody. I can see your point exposition is kind of part of all these soliloquies like this night 30 years hence god what do we I agree with the exposition I don't agree with your flashback hate that's where I will draw the line I think you're right there's too much exposition right I like the flashbacks the actual flashback is fine don't talk about the flashback maybe that's what bothered me most they did a lot of that but they wanted to reintroduce Tommy Doyle and say like oh look we got another character that you remember All the new character stuff, all the Tommy Doyle, all the Hawkins things, I think those were great. The fact that the Big and Little Johns told the Michael Myers story to those kids was absurd. There's no way these kids don't know that fucking story.
1: Exactly. That's that Michael
0: Myers house. Everybody knows that's Michael Myers house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And everybody in the country knows that. And those are the last people I'm going to prank. Yeah, exactly. Or the people that live in a serial killer's house. Those are the last people I'm pranking. (laughs) <laughs> and they gave a full-size <laughs> candy bars you kidding me why are you pranking them at all yeah for real rude rude they got their comeuppance sam who's your villain in this all i was 50 50 on villains my main villain probably is because dave did say all of the all of the soliloquies i just it, like non-stop like this i need to end this for me and my family and this other stuff like it, <laughs> it's a little bloated They did a good job of giving all of these characters different motivations for the same thing, I think, which is cool, but they thought they needed to re-repeat it, etc. I guess anyone who takes firearms to a knife fight, which you think is a good thing for the person with the gun, but close-range guns are not nearly as useful as knives. And I just can't believe that you would pack a shotgun and say, well, I need to get up those steps so that I can get really close. (laughs) It's made to shoot. You don't have to touch him with it. Exactly. I mean, if your aim is that bad that you're using the Braille method, you shouldn't be holding a gun. Well, yeah, she shouldn't have been. She never got any lessons. If she would have got a single lesson from Grandmother Lori, she would have been more prepared for this situation. That's another thing. Uh, Nobody calls their grandmother grandmother to their grandmother. I might say, like, talking about my— I'm telling you about my grandmother— My grandmother. I'm not telling you about grandmother. It is pretty odd. Sounds like Karen's a villain too. (laughs) All right. Well, that being said, this movie. Um, I don't have the final off uh, box office numbers because it's still going on. But I believe this one made about 50 million in its opening weekend. So that's a pretty good. Because these. Um, this is not a Marvel 200 million dollar budget kind of thing. I imagine these are pretty sleek budget wise. But yeah, everyone seems to like it. I think we're into now the final moments here. We got to determine whether Halloween Kills was spooky or spoopy. I think I'm going to go first here. I'm going to cut you all off. I'm going first. I think this is one of the best slashers I've seen in a very long time. Almost every single one of the kills was visceral. I screamed, I shouted, I laughed when, like Dave said, when he kicked that lady's gun with the door into her own face so she killed herself. Ah, uh, k magnifique. All the little body setups. If you feel like holding a gun to a killer within three feet of him, that's basically suicide. Every one of these people are suicidal. If you think that you're going to kill Michael Myers, I think that's, that, that's your larger issue there. The way to survive Michael Myers is to move. Yeah, don't live in Haddonfield. Yeah, he really likes Haddonfield. I think this one's great. I think it's it's a genuine up and down spooky movie. It is exactly what I want out of a slasher flick. Is he supernatural? He's not. I don't give a scoot one way or the other. I had a great time, and I'm looking forward to Halloween ends. I concur. You liked that it was visceral. I liked that it was visceral in contrast to the original. I think the original was great because it was very scary. And it didn't need to show any of that stuff to be scary. This day and age, that doesn't really fly quite as much. It can still be done to great effect. Like, a lot of stuff you don't see on screen can be much scarier than what you do see. I did like the gory effects. Great for the Halloween times. And slasher movies in general, like, are always my favorite type of Halloween or horror flick. Because it's so ridiculous. It's so absurd, the way that a lot of kills occur, that it's... You can't help but laugh while you're watching somebody get brutally murdered. (laughs) Yes. And we talk often about how like horror and comedy are like two sides of the same coin. And whenever you're watching a slasher movie, it's like that coin is just spinning on the table because I'm scared. I'm worried about what's going to happen next. But I know that once it actually does happen, it's going to be kind of like a relief at how funny and silly it happens. And then whenever they get to show Michael's like tableaus and all these like it's so theatrical But they paint this guy as like this mindless killing machine, but he obviously loves his work. He he loves what he does. He's closer to like a killing Bob Ross than he is a killing machine. He's got a passion. And even in the original in 1978, I saw this on the movies that made us where the guy who played the shape or Mike Myers, he wasn't an actor or anything. He literally did everything that John Carpenter told him to do. So he killed a guy. He like stuck him to like a hook on a wall or something. And John Carpenter says, turn your head sideways you know like the Mike Myers turns his head sideways and he turns his head the other way and the guy didn't get it until he watched the movie and he said oh he's admiring his own work it was so smart and he had the actor had no idea that that's what he was telling him to do I do think it's spooky there's enough that makes you jump but none of it is quite so horrifying that you can't laugh at something that's beyond the pale like insane to your original point the first one was horrifying because it was the concept is very scary. This one is like visceral and shows you all the blood and guts. And it's two different ways to do those things. And I think the spirit of both of them is the same. This Michael Myers feels the same as that first Michael Myers. It's an unbroken line. A lot can be said that we're really reviewing both 2018 and this at the same time because it's the same night and I watched them in direct succession because I was getting ramped up for this and it just all kind of felt like a four-hour Halloween movie. I agree with that. I like this movie. I love the effects of this movie and the acting was really good which you don't normally get in slasher films other than Halloween. Usually the acting is really bad in a lot of like the Friday the 13th. I love those movies but the acting is not great. So I liked this movie, but it had really big part two of three vibes where you knew this movie is kind of pointless in that the next one will resolve everything, hopefully. I liked it, but I don't think I'll go back to it until the third one comes out. I can go back to the original first two, even the third Halloween movie, I can go back and watch them at any time. This one, I'd say it's, it's not the strongest Halloween movie, but it is a strong movie. Fair um, enough. I do want to say before we, uh, kind of like a final thought here, I did want to mention um, they strategically blur and obfuscate um, Michael Myers' face in a bunch of really interesting ways where other people see it, but we as the audience never actually get a good look at him. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's really effective, too. Because every time I'm like, oh, we're going to see his face. And I'm like, D- we kind of did. Kind of. From the one corner angle. And just enough to show you he's human. All right, let us know what you thought. Reach out to us. We're all on Twitter. You can hit us up uh, on our Gmail as well. If you'd rather do an email, it is uh, nerdaplexy at com. On Twitter, it is at Pod on twitter let us know what you thought of this and let us know what you thought of our uh spooky spectacular uh as we roll back into regular regular old viewing we got a mini episode coming up dave where can our friends reach you on the Twitterverse? you can reach me at the face of dave i'm not as active as i used to be but i'm still on there Alright, Sam is at PGH underscore SVH I am at PGH underscore read. Thank you for joining us on our first annual Spooky or Spooky uh, Spooky Spectacular Let us know what you think and uh, let us know if you have any uh, final ideas you'd like us to cover for I mean, other holidays Let us know uh, But until we meet again uh, I'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder does... Uh, well, hmm. Jason and Freddy meet up. Okay. Uh, who would be a good matchup for Michael Myers? He never had any crossover flicks. Pumpkinhead? So if he is Supernatural, Pumpkinhead would be a really cool. They're both very tall. You should keep away from Pumpkinhead unless you're tired of living. I think... I, would, I, I wouldn't mind. Now, just because of the size comparison... Chucky... Ooh, Chucky. I think they make a great team. Yeah. yeah. That would be hilarious. That would be so good. Little mini-me kind of thing going on. Some ankle biting. Some climbing, climbing on his back, and what's he going to do about it, you know? And, and he's a six-year-old in his mind, so he might even like Chucky. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it takes long for them to, to, to team up because I think they become fast friends. I'm here for this. Michael would just have to, like, do some killing. He'd be like, oh, this is too good of an opportunity. I can can make them into spaghetti real quick. And then Chucky would be like, whoa, this guy, I love his vibe. Two serial killers hanging out. It's like, um. But that's kind of what happens in Freddy vs. Jason, too. They kind of, like, they get along for some time and some kills. Yeah, but this one's like, um, like spooky twins. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Spooky twins. I'm here for it.